0: word, not for information, but for application. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Amen. Well, let's just get right into what we're going to talk about this morning. This session, we're going to be talking about single heads of household. Next service, we're going to be talking about the blended family. So if you're a member here, I'm sure you can get the CDs for both of them, whichever fits you. It's going to be good information either way. How I many you know that Pastor Gregory said that single, that, uh, single heads of households represent about one third of the families that exist today. So one in every three children that are born are born to a single mom. 25 million children are growing up with no father in the home. 25 million children are growing up in the United States with no father in the home. 40% of all live births in the US are to a single mom. 90% of welfare recipients are single mothers. 70% of gang members, high school dropouts, teen suicides, teen pregnancies, and teen substance abusers come from single-family homes. So these stats were taken from 2015 Census. And so we've seen the hands that went up in the room today of people who are affected by perhaps a blended family or maybe single heads of household right now. So I just want you to know that you are not by yourself. The reason that we're standing up here before you is because at one time I was a single parent. So I'm gonna tell you a little bit about myself. I'm gonna tell a different story next service. But anyway, and I told people last week in Houston, we're very transparent. We tell all our business. So if, if I tell it, then you can't hold nothing over my head. You understand?
0: Amen, nor can the devil. Amen.
1: <laughs> but I got saved when I was 11. I got saved, I was with my grandmother. I was at a Billy Graham convention. How many know Billy Graham was old when I was 11? <laughs> what made an 11-year-old answer the altar call? I don't know, but I did. I felt the Holy Ghost stirring on the inside of me, and I answered the altar call at Billy Graham's convention in Lansing, Michigan. I was 11 years old. I knew from the beginning I felt like I was called to ministry at 11. So I, I was the only person in my household, my parents. My grandmother was saved. She, she was so saved, she was just like, she smelled like Jerusalem. But my parents because my grandmother was so saved my father kind of rebelled so he never made any of us go to church so i was the only one in my house so back then you could you know there was neighborhood churches so i started going to the neighborhood holiness church around the corner from my house and that's where i spent I, till i met my husband i went to that church and i was trained and groomed for ministry in that church i believe i was called to the ministry and originally licensed when i was 17 at that church i just knew i was supposed to preach and to teach the gospel right well even though my parents were not practicing christians they were very strict right and so when i got about 18 because they they never let me like go to parties or anything like that and plus i was supposed to be saved, so i wasn't supposed to be going anyway right but when i got about 18 uh, i went to my first club and how many know the Bible says when Adam and Eve bit of the tree, their eyes were open, right? <laughs> to the knowledge of good and evil. So I went to, to a club when I was 18, and I ran into a guy, first guy I ever really, you know, dated. He was, he was much, about eight years older than I, and they called him Mr. Party. That should have been a clue, right? <laughs> Mr. Party. He was a nice guy, still a nice guy. He was a, and he was just, he had his eyes on me. Well, I hadn't been street wise or anything like that, and so, you know, he just made me flutter. All of it, and now I'm all off my game. Well, I ended up marrying Mr. Party, um, and Mr. Party ended up being an alcoholic and a drug addict, strung out. In fact, um, it's 35 years later, and he just got clean maybe three years ago. Um, But, so consequently our marriage ended in a very drastic divorce after two children and i ended up being a single parent so i'm very familiar with the pains of being a single parent Um, if you have your bibles turn to genesis chapter 16. i want you to look at something there because there's the bible says there's nothing new under the sun uh if you look at verse one i'm not going to read every verse i'm not going to quote every verse genesis 16 verse one y'all familiar with the story about hagar sarah and abraham and sarah convinces abraham to sleep with hagar uh, because she figured out that this is the way that god's will was going to be done right but then we get down to about verse five and she says hagar decided that she had conceived and now she was acting funky toward sarah so abraham gave her permission you know this is how the story is always going to go um, because even though culturally things might be acceptable, I said culturally, they might come up with stuff like it's okay to shack. culturally. They might say it's okay for two people of the same sex. You know, the stuff that society says is okay. It still has certain repercussions where God is concerned. Right. And so, uh, Sarah, uh Hagar got a little funky with Sarah. Sarah said, deuces, you gotta go. <laughs> so she's out. She ran away Scared because Sarah dealt harshly with her and you know when we make wrong decisions life will deal harshly with us There's still consequences that we have to pay. I tell people even if you're in a bad marriage divorce hurts It damages you it damages the children it damages things and so but I found something interesting there because in verse 9 the angel found Hagar Aren't you glad that the Lord comes after us? Amen. Amen. And, and he's, the angel said, why don't you return and submit? So my life got off track because I got a little excited about some guy looking at me. But eventually I had to realize that that was the wrong decision. And I had to return and submit. And how many know if you found yourself, because I, I found out I'm 55. Y'all were supposed to say, What? Come on, get with the program, too. <laughs> I found out in my 50 years, 55 years, that life does not go in a straight line. So if life didn't just quite go straight for you, it didn't, wasn't like you imagined you ended up in a situation where you're a single mom or a single dad or you're a divorcee or you're widowed or whatever, God will find you, is looking for you. It, all we have to do is get back on his page, right? And then he had some promises for Hagar even though Ishmael wasn't the promised child God still the scripture said in verse 13 that he see and he heard her affliction God sees us and he hears us and he'll get us back where we need to be so anyway I ended up getting divorced um, my children were five and seven and I was a single parent for a couple of years uh, it was hard you know, when you merge all your finances together and all that kind of stuff. But the, it would, the alternative for me was, was that I was, would come home and have a, a house full of people getting high, snorting cocaine, you know, all, every kind of liquor. When I got a baby girl and a baby boy in the house, so I had to make some decisions. And sometimes we have to make some decisions. It was my bad for getting in that situation in the first place. But I was willing to go back to God and say, listen, I messed that up. I thought I saw something. I thought I knew something that you didn't. I thought I could figure out something that you, you know, didn't already know. My bad. Can you fix this for me? And I was willing to return and to submit. And so we'll get into the rest of that story in the second service, how I met my husband and and where we are today, how God took us from that place, took me from that place to this place. And I, I just want to assure you, if you're a single parent in here today, God has a future for you. God has a plan yes, for you. Yes, he does. You don't have to feel like you're a second-class citizen.
0: Amen. Amen to this? Amen. Go ahead, honey. Not only that, the Lord sent her a good husband.
1: <laughs>
0: Amen. Listen, we're going to go over a couple of scriptures because, as my wife says, that we have, to, we have to have the word down on the inside of us so that we can operate correctly. Because a lot of times, we look at our situation and say, our situation is different from somebody else's. Is God's hand really on my life? Uh, can God really do what he says that he's going to do? You know, I, I came from a bad situation. Again, we'll talk about that a little bit later. But know that God's word absolutely works. Amen. I said, God's word absolutely works. Amen. And then you just have to walk in it. Genesis chapter 12, uh, verse 3, he says, And I will bless them that bless thee and curse them that curse thee. And it says, And in thee shall some of the families of the earth be blessed. All of the
1: families. I didn't hear
0: you. So how many? That w- whether you're single head of household, whether you're a blended family, whether you're a traditional family. He said, in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And so when I first came across that, uh, you know, I've raised other men's children my whole, my whole adult life, and I'm good with that. That's the an anointing that's on my life. And so when I read that, I said, God, so you mean my blended family is just as legitimate as this other family? He said, yes, sir. He said, because in the earth, I bless all families. As a matter of fact, we're going to talk about it. You'll never find one time in the Bible where God talks about a blended family, a step family, a stepchild, or anything like that. And we're going to walk you through the word. How many you know the word of God is what, what we should be listening yes. to? It's the final authority. And so he said that in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. So that's the first thing that you need to know as a single head of household, that your family is in position because God has said it, that it's going to be blessed. Galatians chapter 3 verse 29 says, and if you be Christ." Then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the what? According to the what? The Bible says in Psalms 89, 34, I believe it is, God says, my, my word shall not come. He said, my word shall not go out or come back. I will fulfill what I said. That's what God said, basically. It's, it's not going to be void. It's not going to return to him. He's going to accomplish what he said. He's not going to retract it. So if he's given you a promise that your family is blessed, then that's what it is. And, I, and I'm going to tell you something, man. I, <sighs> I, I never graduated from high school. Actually, when I met my wife, she encouraged me to go back to school. I didn't read a book until I was an adult. And so when I got a hold to the Word of God, I, I wasn't churched either. When I got a hold to the Word of God, I just believed what it said. Amen. That's what I, uh, Lord, that's what your Word says. I can be blessed. And I'm telling you, man, the Lord, <laughs> the Lord delivered me from drugs, alcohol, and ugly women in that order. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And so I know that if, if he can do it for me and, and I can stand on his promises, then he'll do it for wh- who he says he's going to do it for. Then Psalms 127 verse 1, it says, Except the Lord build a house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh in vain. He said, It's vain for you to go to sleep worrying. That's what the Lord said. He said, It's vain for you to worry about your situation. He said, If you really trust me. Then also in Psalm 68, 6, it's one of my... Favorite scripture said God set it to solitary in the families. He said, he bring out those which are bound with change, but the rebellious dwell in the dry land. That word solitary is the Hebrew word, "hahi.." And it means God's the one who sets the uniqueness in your family. He's the one that sets that, that no one can duplicate your family. You know, you were born an original. I heard somebody say this, you were born original, so don't die a copy. I love that because he's the one that sets the originality Amen. in your family. So, the Ray family, the way it's put together, our family is put together, is 100% blended. And we learned a long time ago we will not let the composition of our family determine the structure and how we function. We've made up in our mind that God's word is the truth Absolutely. from Genesis to Revelation. And so he's the one that sets the uniqueness on our family. As a matter of fact, my pastor, Bishop Davis, didn't even know. He thought my wife's biological daughter was my biological daughter. That's how seamless our blended family is. And we'll share some things with you. But we said that, okay, God, you're the one that sets the solitary or the uniqueness or the oneness in the family. And so we just really trusted him. Verse, uh, Psalms 48, 14 says, for this is our God forever and ever. He will be our guide until death. How long will he guide you? How long will he guide you? How long will he guide you? So why are we going to sleep at night worried about how we're going to get to from, from point A to point B? Why are we go to sleep at night worrying about, okay, God, how, what's going to happen with my son? How is how's my son and my daughter going to be raised? I'm a single head of household. How am I going to prepare for my son? How am I going to prepare for my daughter? How am I going to prepare for my children? He said, I'll be your guide unto death. Until you take your last breath, Amen. you have a right and a privilege to be led by the most high God. And he said, I know the beginning. He said, I know the end from the beginning. In other words, God can tell you what it looked like at the back of the thing before you take your first step.
1: Amen.
0: So I'm telling you, man, when my wife and I got into this thing, man, we started doing this. We just got got on the word. We started declaring the word over us, and our kids gave us some challenges. We have five adult kids and nine grandkids. Matter of fact, my wife is the same age as our oldest son. Yes. (laughs) Y'all missed that one. Some of y'all say, oh, Lord Jesus, we're going out because he don't marry somebody. His sons, say, "No." It's a joke. (laughs) Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 said, trust in the Lord with some of your heart. Lean to your education. He said, lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways, acknowledge him, and he may may direct your path. I said, he may direct your path. Either we're going to believe this thing or we're not. God knew your situation before you got into it. God understands your situation now. He said, "In all of your ways, acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your path." If you learn to follow the Holy Spirit, you'll always end up at God's destination for your life. Amen. Period. So you got to learn. Okay, God, I know how hard this situation is. I remember one real quick, and I'll tell it. My daughter was having; she was giving us some challenges. She uh, had skipped school, and we thought she had ran away from home. And, um, and you know, we were looking at. We put out one of them little things for uh, for the police to find her. And, man, just scared our hearts. She was gone all day, and we, we didn't know where she was at. And so about 9, 10 o'clock at night, here she comes walking into the house like she owned that house. <laughs> and I'm from old school. And so she made the mistake and jumped up in my wife's face, and, and I, we both found out ourselves spanking her at the same time. Because <laughs> she lost her natural mind. But here's what I said. I said, Lord, Lord, you need to help us with this child because her her spirit is strong. I don't want to break her spirit. I need to direct it. So I I need to acknowledge I said, God, what is is it that you would have me to do in order for my daughter to be a success? And so the Lord said, I want you to take away her cell phone, restrict her hanging out with her friends and take her car from her. And I obeyed the Lord. Right. So that morning when she got up, I said, give me your car keys. I said, I'm going to sell you a car. Oh, you should have seen her face. It just a whole, was like, oh, it's like, like an anointing really did come on her. <laughs> an anointing to change. And so, you know, she, was, she went to school and about halfway through school, she called me. She's like, Father, can we talk? I said, Father? 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 I'm like, who is this on the other line? Well, this is the same child that stood up in my face and said, your, your whoopings doesn't bother me. I'll change when I get ready to change. In yes, all that ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. And so what we did was over the course of three or four days, we watched her transform because God had given us his plan. Amen. He had given us his plan. Now, let's I'm gonna go cover some things. Your mission, vision and purpose as a single parent or as individual. What is uh, or should be getting the focus of your attention? What is, what is, the, what is Drawing the lion's share of your time. As, as a single parent, as an individual, your mission, vision, and purpose will set your priorities. It should determine your course. And so, as a single parent, again, we're talking about single parents right now. As a single parent, you need to look into the future and say to yourself, What do I want my children to be when I'm ready to start dating again? If I want to date again, if I'm ready to get married again, what do I want? You? So, you need to look down the road and say, I want my kids to be self uh, sufficient independent i need them to be able to handle the things that on their own certain things on their own that are age appropriate and so you have to look at that and begin to plan accordingly and so when you think about your life god you know you're not getting any younger obviously but god has a call for on your life god has something for you to do and what we have found out that most individuals allow their children to derail them and they never get to where god wants them to be and then they end up taking care of their kids kids am i in the house today they end up taking care of their children's children, and then that further derails them. So what you got to understand is what should be taking the, the, the bulk of your time? What things should you define your life according to, your mission, vision, and purpose? What do you see for your children? What do you want to happen in their lives? And so when my wife and I begin to sit down, when we sat down and begin to look at our life, we said, okay, we want our children to be a certain way when they leave the house. We don't want to have emptiness syndrome. We don't want our children coming back halfway through college with kids saying, I couldn't make it. so what we did was we put our life on hold, temporarily. I want you to hear this. We put it on hold so that we can get them to the point to where now they're not becoming a burden to us in life. So we taught them how to do certain things that we didn't have to run behind and look after. Why? Because we didn't have that energy. You know, we're getting older. We want to do some things. We put our life on hold so we can fulfill God's call on our life. But we had to look ahead. So that means we couldn't hang out with everybody. That means we couldn't go certain places. That means we couldn't do certain things because we had something in mind that would free us up to do that eventually. But you got to understand, so okay, that's okay. We're going to put those things on hold until we get them to the point where we need them to be so that they can handle themselves. Guys, listen to me. Listen, please listen to us. Half the people that are single parents probably are struggling because they're not fulfilling what God has called them to do. And it's frustrating because the very thing that's stopping you is a thing that you should have taken care of, but God can change that around. The Bible says, correct your son while there is time.
1: Yes, amen.
0: That's not an accident. There's a time that you need to do certain disciplines in a child's life that will put them in a position so they won't be a burden to you. Are you listening to me? My wife and I, we have this saying, we didn't raise any pimps, players, or hustlers. We're raising men. If you raise your son as a man, when he gets old, he'll be a man. If you raise your daughter as a, as a lady, when she gets older, she'll be a, a lady. Amen? Three things that know, knowing your mission, vision, and purpose does. Number one, it causes you to become focused. It causes you to become focused. Number two, it gives you stability. It, it grounds you when you know your focus. Everything is not pulling you from one side to the next. And number three, it causes you to have sustainability. Because life keeps happening. You need to be able to be be sustained no matter what comes at you, no matter what the enemy throws at you. You need to be able to be steadfast. and You need to be unmovable for a length of time, not 35 days, not 45 days, but until the situation is over. Most Christians, you ready for this, are not prepared for the intensity or the duration of the attack of the enemy on their life. Most of us are so, got our heads, we're so religious we saw, oh, ha-ta-ta, mm. Oh, sepata. ta You know, your three-minute three prayer service. You got a devotion going when he's trying to take your life. Are you listening to me? So you have to put yourself in a position that I'm going to come out of this. And when you know what God has called you to do, and it's down on the inside of you, nothing can shake you. Nothing can shake you. I love this quote that my wife said. She says, success can only be measured against purpose. Success can only be measured against purpose. If you don't know your purpose, you have never tasted success. And success is not what it looks like. You may think it's cars and houses and all this stuff. No, it's not. It's enduring until the end of what God has told you to do. It's being so fruitful in your life that people's lives are being changed and transform. And one last quote I love by Mark Twain, he said, the two most important days of a man's life are the day he was born and the day that he finds out why. When you know when you were, why God created you, then you're on the road to success.
1: Benjamin Franklin said this, he said, if you, plan, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. And that has everything to do with establishing, understanding what your mission, vision, and purpose is. So there's four priorities if you're a single parent that you should have in your life right now. The very first thing is your spiritual care. The very first thing that you should be establishing is not your, the dating scene and not who you can go out with. Yeah, or, say
0: that again because I didn't hear any amens. None.
1: No amens. Okay. So you shouldn't be trying to figure out who you can date right now. The very first thing <laughs> that should happen is your spiritual care. Establishing a relationship, a communion, communion, fellowship with God the Father, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Ghost. My husband said it earlier. God said, I have established the end even before the beginning. God knows, you know, we make our life go all over the place, but God knows where we're supposed to be. And so we have to get back to where he is and let him begin to direct us. So if you look at Psalm 46, verse 10, I love this passage of scripture. It says, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. Know that I am God for your life. Know that I'm God for your children's life. I'm God for the direction that you need to be going. God will tell you who you're supposed to be hooking up with and who you're not. If I had been listening, I would have been on a different path. You understand? Amen, amen. Um, and many of us would have, would have made different choices. But we got to find out what God is saying for our life first. So it, it's so interesting because um, uh, children, they, they deal with things differently. So my daughter has, was very strong-willed. Uh, she's very successful as an adult, so I know God put that strong will on the inside of her, but it needed to be channeled in a direction. We were just bumping our heads back and forth you know, for many minutes, she got a whooping every day till she was like 16. My She did. was like, Amen. really? Can we just? And she was just so strong, strong will. But we just, both of us said, you know, what? Well, let's fast and figure out what the Lord is saying about this girl here. <laughs> and the Lord had to tell us both what to do with her because her, her times are in his hands. You know, do you know your children do belong to Jesus, right? Amen. Amen. Okay. The second priority should be yourself your your well-being emotionally and mentally I know for me I was pretty much devastated when I was divorced when I became a single parent first of all it's very embarrassing it's humiliating it's financially burdensome it's a whole bunch of stuff that I didn't sign up for so I was hurt I was wounded I was angry I was mad you know and then you take all of that junk into a whole nother situation and if you don't get to get into another situation then you mad about that and you taking it out on your children (laughs) taking it out on your job all these kind of things so you need to find out how to take care of you in acts chapter 20 verse 28 uh the author says there to take oversight first to see to yourself and then to take oversight of the entire flock So you can't really take care of your family, guide your family, lead your family in the the way that they should go if you don't even have care for yourself, if you haven't got yourself together, if you haven't released all that unforgiveness. Third priority is your physical care. I don't know about you, but I was driving like 20 miles a day to cheerleading, soccer, baseball, basketball, single, single pair, you know, every little thing, ballet, gymnastics, my God. And then I had to go to work too. You need to be physically fit. I said, you need to be physically fit. You know how you eat affects how, you, your, how your brain works, how your mind functions, whether you're, you're sharp, whether you're cognitive, whether you can handle situations, you know, stress properly. Listen here, if you're a single parent and you're in the hospital, what happens to your children?
0: Right, right.
1: So we need to begin to look at physically, emotionally. So start with God. If God will begin to tell you, you know, God, God told me I needed to eat differently. Okay. Yeah. I'm just saying, I'm in it for the long haul. I don't know about y'all. Yeah. And we gotta, we gotta begin to establish appropriate priorities. The fourth thing is your social life. Your social life should really be the last thing that you're looking at. You shouldn't be worried about the next, well, hopefully y'all don't go to parties, but I'm just saying. Amen. (laughs) You shouldn't be worried about the next club, the next gig, the next thing, because who decided to have these kids? So now they're completely relying upon you. They didn't ask to be here. They can't raise themselves, they can't provide for themselves, so they should be your first priority in terms of making sure that they're taken care of. And so, your social life, like my husband said earlier, needs to go on a back burner for a while.
0: Amen, amen.
1: Until your life is on course to be and to do what God has told you that you're supposed to be and to do.
0: Let me say something about that while you're looking at it. The reason being, because if you start dating, that's going to take the lion's share of your life. And especially if you get... Hooked up with somebody that's halfway insecure? Okay, go ahead. I don't need to say anything else <laughs> about that. Dude. I hear some, mm, child. Okay. <laughs> am, I, am I telling the truth? Yeah, uh huh.
1: So, we're just going to touch on, on this point here is, because my husband said it earlier, we begin, need to begin to teach our children age appropriate functions so that, listen, if you're a single parent, you need to train your kids that they are not the entire world sometimes we overcompensate because we feel bad because we got divorced or we feel bad because their other parent died or is gone or whatever the case is. But listen, kids still need the same structure, the same guidance. They still need need to understand that life is going to happen, that they're going to live in a cruel world, and they need to know how to navigate that. So you need to begin to teach them that their needs, their wants, their desires right. need to be contextual. It needs to be in the context of what the whole family needs. Right? So you, you not paying your rent and buying your kids Jordans doesn't make any sense.
0: Do they make Jordans anymore?
1: I think they still they make do.
0: Them. I mean, that we dating ourselves, you know, Adidas with three stripes and shoot. you know, we just, we just want to make sure we're in the right house.
1: <laughs> but begin to teach your children real life, real life uh, coping mechanisms, saving to get what they need. I'll help you if you help us. We were in ministry since we, since we got married, we were in ministry. I told you that I was saved before and in ministry before I met my husband. So I, I made a deal with my kids because my parents were not at my games. You know, my parents worked different shifts and I used to be a cheerleader and nobody showed up to my games. That really hurt me. So I said, when I have kids, I'll never miss a game. You know, like that. So I wanted to find out what's important to y'all, you know, because my kids were important to me. What's important to y'all? You want me to come to your games or you want me to come to the, what is it that you need from me? Well, okay, then this is what I need from you because church is important to me. So how can we work this out so that we can meet each other's needs in the context of where the whole family is going? Right? So my kids weren't more, way more important to me, and I wasn't way more important than them. All of our needs were important. Amen. Go ahead, honey.
0: So, now, again, like my wife said, you need to teach your children how to have a, a relationship with God for themselves. Uh, they shouldn't call you for every little thing. Amen. You know, you need, okay, you got a headache. You know, we know it's not a migraine. Or you having some, you know, your friends are looking at you crazy. Or, you know, you, you had a bad day in the lunch line today. As long as they didn't put their hands on you, don't call me. Ask God how to walk through this thing. See, what happens is we enable our children. And there's nothing spiritual about that. So teach them how to stand on the word. My daughter, man, she'll, she'll tell you in a heartbeat. Normally she does some of these seminars with us. She'll tell me when my parents are growing up, I would have a problem. They tell i pray about it. Get the word. That's all I heard. Pray about it. Get the word. Guess what she does now? She prays about it, and she gets the word. She, she very seldom calls us. Why? Because we start teaching them from an early age, this is what you do, because mommy and daddy have other things they have to do. you got to teach your children the importance of self-management. One thing that we said, if, the teacher call, if we see East Lansing High School come up on our phone, you better pray that it was an accident. Because yes. <laughs> if the teacher called me about you, there's a problem. I remember one time my, son, my youngest boy it was real quiet and the teacher called us and they called us and then first thing he came home he said, Dad, the teacher, the, no, the, the teacher said, I'm gonna call your dad tomorrow because some things he wanna talk about. He, he came home and said, Dad, the teacher gonna call you tomorrow. I said, okay. He came in the house. He didn't say, Hi dad, how you doing? T- 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 he called him out. Called him out because he know. Call my house. I'm working every day for you. Call my house. So the teacher called. He said, "Miss Ray, can you just have your son talk more in class? My son came home, he said, he looked like my wife. He's like, he, eyes are all big. What did the teacher say? He just, he just wants you to participate more in class. <sighs> it was a relief for him. <laughs> but teach your kids self-management. Teach your children how to set goals based on the promises of God for their life. Get them into the word. You know, get your kids. Teach them. Start telling them to confess the word of God. I remember my wife and she was, I mean, my daughter was at school and she lost her wallet. And so she called, Mom, I lost my wallet. I don't know what I'm going to do. I said, what do you mean? What are you going to do? Let's pray about it. Let's pray about it. Let's ask God about it. And here's what my wife said. Jasmine, you pray. Mom's going to agree with you. So she's on the line. Father God. um, Father God, you're big. And you're huge at the same time. By the time she ended up praying, not only did she find her wallet, but every dime that was in her wallet. You hear what I said? Every dime. (laughs) Not every dollar. Every dime. Every dime it was still in her wallet. Guess what that did for her faith? It skyrocketed. Teach your children how to set goals based on the promises of God. Teach your children the difference between wants and needs. You know, this is a need. This is a want. You need clothes. You want a brand name. So you start teaching them that. Because you're already going broke trying to finance their lifestyle. So you can say, oh, my child... Come on. And you're struggling. So to teach them, listen, if you want that, our, my, our son wanted some pair of expensive tennis shoes, and this, this kid, he said, well, Dad, can you buy them for me?" I said, I'm buying I, No, we don't, we don't wear the same size shoes. I'm not buying anything for you. <laughs> I bought him some of them shoes from Kmart. They were so slippery, you couldn't stand on a hill, and you just slide them. <laughs> you just start sliding down the hill. <laughs> So guess what he did? He started cutting grass every day. He started taking trash out. He started doing all those things. And when he bought that pair of shoes, they probably, they probably still have them today because he appreciated the fact that he had to pay for them. Come on, somebody. I slept good tonight. He woke up that morning. He sat in line for those tennis shoes. And the other thing is that teach your children the importance of teamwork. They are not the center of the world. Amen. Don't reward them for the things that they should be doing. Paul said, I beseech you therefore, brother, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. That word reasonable is the Greek word logico, where we get our word logical from. It's your logical service. So in other words, that's the logical service for me to submit myself to God. Why does God have to pat me on the back and give me three candy cones? If you do good, I'll give you ice cream. If you do good, then you'll profit from your being good. God is saying that's your reasonable service. The least you can do, because I died and went to hell for you, is submit yourself to me. When you're raising your child, the least that that child can do is help that family become very Absolutely. successful. Amen. And that's part of their reward.
1: Amen.
0: Got more? Time's up. <laughs> he, pastor said take five more minutes. <laughs> Y'all getting something out of this? Yeah. Okay. Go
1: ahead.
0: Let, let's do this. I'm, I'm going to
1: talk about the uh, support system. So if you're single, single parent, there's an Af- African proverb that says that it takes a village sometimes to raise a family. Uh, and so a lot of times we're stressed because we're trying to do everything ourselves. And it's very important uh, to take advantage of your support system. I think in Luke chapter two, I'm not sure if it's verse 47, it's
0: 41 through 47.
1: Uh, w- well, Jesus kind of got lost uh, when they went to pay their taxes. And he was back with, uh, the Bible says, with kinsmen and acquaintances. So there, there was a company of trusted people that Mary and Joseph could rely on, probably that whole community could rely on to, for the care and the, the help of upbringing for their children. And this is what we have to do as single parents. So you need to be, be looking out for your friends, your good friends, can be trusted friends. Your relatives, good, good relatives, can be trusted relatives. You know, vet, vet them fully. You understand, because these are our babies that we're talking about. But take advantage of community, Boys and Girls Club, YMCA, YWCA, if that still exists. Um, different things like that. And don't exclude your exes. If you are separated or if you've never been married, a lot of times because we're mad at or don't like the ex, then we keep the kids from their family, but that's still their family. Right. So Amen. don't discount them as a support system. A lot of times that other grandmother, that, uh, those other aunts and uncles will be happy to give you a break. And if the stress is off you, your household is more peaceful. And if your household is more peaceful, then you have more, uh, better balanced children. Listen, the kids, they may not say it, but the energy that, that comes from you, the anger that comes from you, the stress that comes from you, it, co- it goes right to them. And they're going to school having to deal with that. Uncertain of what their future is going to be. Not sure if mom's going to make it. Mom's going to snap on me and the daddy's going to snap on me. If I'm going to get a whipping for just because I dropped the milk. Kids shouldn't have to navigate adult situations.
0: Come on, somebody.
1: They didn't sign up for that.
0: Right. Amen.
1: So if, if we make sure that our network is tight, our kids can be kids and grow up normal.
0: And you'll be surprised. Your ex's in-laws probably told you not to marry... Ma- Anyway, so let's go to finish up. <laughs> let's finish up the next point, Pastor. You might as well come on. I'm just going to say these points to you. As a single parent, number one, you must be a person of faith. You must be a person of faith. Do you hear me? You must operate in a, in a level of faith. God, you, my kid's going to turn out okay. Number two, you must be a person of prayer. I'm not talking about devotion prayer. I'm talking about communion prayer. Konania, on your face. Turn the television off. Turn the social media off. Get on your face. Begin to pray. Getting to pray to where God's anointing hits your family and your wife, your children. My, listen, guys, Kathy and I are blessed. I'm 61 years old. What? I know, man, you know. You got to be a person of prayer. And I said this before, you also have to be focused. In other words, set your sights on your goal and don't let anybody pull you off of it. Your mama, your daddy, your sister, brother, nobody. Keep, you keep your eyes right on God. Number The, the fourth one is be deliberate. Don't be haphazard. If you're gonna go out today, go out today purposefully. If you're gonna stay in, don't stay in and watch the stories all day. Be deliberate with your life. And the last one, be fully committed to what God has asked you to do, and God will bless you. And I'm gonna say this as Pastor Gregory comes, our daughter is now a doctor. She's Dr. Jasmine Lee Ray. I mean, she's she's traveled the world. She's written several books. All of our children are very successful. But we had to take the time to pour into them. And again, next, next service, I don't know how many of you guys are going to try to stay. But next service, we're going to get into some stuff for the blended family. God bless your Pastor. You. Just real quick, real quick, real quick. So what about that situation where the two are dating? Just real quick. And uh, mother is dropping the kids off over their father's house. How do you handle a situation like that? You want to do that? So you got two people dating and the mother's dropping the kids over to their father's, th- their father's house. house by herself by herself by herself. OK, number one, I'm, I wouldn't do that. I just wouldn't because by yourself, Pookie might want lay hands on you <laughs> and you might find yourself in a precarious situation. Number one. Number two is that your kids are going to look at that as them not being a priority in their life. They may not be emotionally stable or spiritually stable to handle you dating just yet so if you get the cart before the horse as the old people used to say you're gonna have some repercussions on the back end you're gonna have some rebellion that's going on you're gonna have some uh drugs and alcohol i I, I know what we're talking about we've seen it all even in our life we've seen our our youngest son got involved in alcohol real real bad again we'll talk about that some of the stuff next next week but you that child now ceases to be a priority in their eyes to you And now you're running off dating and you're you're probably not even emotionally ready to date anyway. So it's just, it's a volatile situation that's going to blow up on you. You're going to pay for that eventually. And I guarantee you some people have probably already experienced that. Maybe. Honey, you want to add something to it? No, you're good. good. It's just so much they can share. We need to bring them back for a seminar. Did you
1: all enjoy the raise this morning?
0: Just good stuff. Good stuff.